guy. I'd like to hear him myself. Anyway, can you hear me? Is this on? Okay, good. Um, this is our last Sunday to be with you, which makes me kind of sad. It seems like it's come and gone so quickly when I spoke with Pastor Don about, you know, coming and, and, and sharing while he was away. Um, it, it seemed like, you know, it was going to be a nice period of time, but uh, it's kind of come and gone quickly. And so uh, it's our last Sunday, and I feel a little bit like I'm a broken record. You know that phrase, that expression? He just keeps saying the same thing over and over again. And yet, uh, I can only give you what God has given me. And there is no question in my heart that what God wants you to hear is that he is the living God that created you for the very purpose of having fellowship with him. And that he wants more than anything to spend quality time with you. And he wants that time to be refreshing and empowering. And that's why I've been speaking to you last January for a couple of times and all three Sundays this time I'm here, making us aware that God is not some faraway, distant being, but He is near us. And as we sang in worship today, He walks with us, and we will never be alone. And that's why I wanted you to see in the Old Testament that God's presence is what made the difference in the lives of His people. God's empowering presence made them different, distinguished them from everyone else on the face of the earth. And it is true today that Jesus said, look, I'm going away, but when I go away, I will send, we talked about this last week and we're talking about it this week, I will send the parakletos, the advocate, the helper, the comforter, and he will be with you always. So that's what we're talking about again today. And we, we, I, I thought to myself, you know, this is the third Sunday in the row that I'm going to be talking about the Holy Spirit. And then I, Jesus sort of reminded me, yeah, well, the last night I was with my disciples, four times I told them this story. And so God often does that because he knows we need to hear it again and again and again. And so this is another message about what God has said to us about his presence, about his being with us. And we saw last week in John chapter 14 that Jesus introduced the Holy Spirit to the disciples, and he said, look, I'm going away, but I'm not going to leave you alone. Isn't that a tremendous feeling? Ah. How discouraged and how upset the disciples must have been when Jesus said, I am going away. And Jesus would think, or, and the disciples would think, what do you mean going away? We, we thought you were going to establish your kingdom and we were going to overthrow the Romans and we were going to reign just like David did in old days. And Jesus said, no, I'm going away, but don't worry. I'm going to send someone that's just like me, another helper and he will come to be with you. 
So those are the things we talked about, and we saw that the Holy Spirit uh, helps us by teaching us and, and reminding us of all of these things. So this week we're going to look at the Holy Spirit in John chapters 15 and 16, and then we're going to see how we can hear from the Holy Spirit. So in John chapter 15, you remember this is the night before Jesus is betrayed, and he's celebrating the Passover with his disciples, and he has talked to them about many, many things. Read through John 14, 15, and 16, and he says many things to them, but he keeps coming back to this message about the Holy Spirit and, and what's going to happen in their lives. And he says in John chapter 15, verses 26 and 27, when the advocate comes, and remember we talked about this word in, in the New International Version, it's advocate, but it's just this word that means helper, comforter, uh, counselor, just the person that's going to help you. So when the advocate comes, whom I will send to you from the Father, the Spirit of truth, who goes out from the Father, he will testify about me. And you also must testify, for you have been with me from the beginning. So this is the third time in this dinner meeting that Jesus is having with his disciples that he talks about the helper that is going to be with them. And Jesus makes it clear in this verse that another attribute of the Holy Spirit is that he is the spirit of truth. Wow. Now maybe that should be obvious to us that God cannot lie. But Jesus said, I'm sending you another helper. It is the spirit of truth. Now, a long time ago in the Garden of Eden, there was only truth. And then, deception entered into the relationship through the serpent. And from that time, we have run the chance of being deceived over and over and over again. Deception. And the antidote or the answer to that deception is truth. And Jesus says the Holy Spirit is the spirit of truth. And so since Satan deceived man in the Garden of Eden, we have been susceptible to his lies. But no more. But no more. Because we have the spirit of truth. And we know the difference. You ever get those emails in your inbox and they say things like, this is your bank. You need to click on this link. And we're going to help you. And you know, I, I, I'm a digital what's re referred to as a digital immigrant. That means that I did not grow up in the digital world. It was long after I came on the scene, and so it doesn't make sense to me. And so when I get an email, I think, must be right, right? Because they send it, look, it says right there, to David Stanislaus. <laughs> anyway, of course, we now know that the number one giveaway is click on this link. But anyway, the point is this. Wouldn't it be wonderful if you had this spam blocker? Now, I got, I got spam blockers on my 
emails. And you know what? Sometimes they block the good stuff. And sometimes they let through the bad stuff. And so it don't really work too well. But what if you had a, 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 a lie blocker, a spam, kind of like a world spam blocker, and no deception and no lie could get into your life? Wow. Well, guess what? That's the Holy Spirit. That's the Spirit of truth. You listen to Him. You let Him guide you. You let Him lead you. And He will lead you into all truth. He is the Spirit of truth. And if you hear something that you think sounds good, but you're not sure, great. You just ask the Holy Spirit. You say, Holy Spirit, show me. Tell me. And He will do that very thing. Jesus said earlier in John chapter 14, I am the way, the truth, and the life. And so it makes a lot of sense to me that he is saying, I am, I am sending you the spirit of truth. Because remember last week, we said that this comforter, when Jesus said, I am giving you another helper, another indicates that there's been one. And now I'm giving you another one. Does that make sense? I'm I'm, you know, my English, people make the mistake sometimes of thinking that if you speak English, you know English. I don't know what those rules are. I don't know what grammar is. But anyway, I kind of know that when there's another, it means there's already been one. And Jesus was the truth to his disciples. And now he's sending the spirit of truth to them. And so I promise you, that through the Holy Spirit, it is possible to live a life free from the deception of the enemy of your soul. And so that's why you need the Holy Spirit in your life. Jesus says in John chapter 16, he's saying another time now, and this later on in this dinner they're having, that he must go away. I've mentioned this a couple of times, and it just to us in our 21st century ears, Sounds like, oh yeah, well, that's, that's, that's right. That's how the story goes. Jesus goes away. <laughs> that was not the storyline that the disciples expected. But in John chapter 16, it says, Truly I say to you, it is for your good that I'm going away. Now, two things there. Number one, Jesus says, look, I'm telling you the truth. Do you ever get a little nervous about people uh, when they start off with, look, I, I, this, is, this is the truth. Which, you know, kind of implies sometimes I don't tell you the truth. And, but this time it's really true. <laughs> well, anyway, that's not Jesus. But Jesus says, truly I say to you, it's for your good that I go away. You know, they had to be sitting there thinking, are you nuts? You're the guy with the power. You're the guy with the answers. You're the guy that calms the sea. How can it be good for us if you go away? And Jesus says, I'll tell you why, because unless I go away, the advocate will not come to you. But if I go away, I will send him to you. And when he comes, he will prove. Now, this word prove is another one of those words difficult, but it, 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 maybe your translation says he will convict or he will convince. But that's what the Holy Spirit is doing. He will convict or convince the world to be in the wrong about sin and righteousness and judgment. Because about sin, because people do not believe in me. About righteousness, because I am going to the Father where you can see me no longer. 
and about judgment because the prince of this world now stands condemned. This is how important and how wonderful the Holy Spirit is to us. And that is, it's so important for him to come that Jesus must go away. Now, Jesus knew that he came into this world to give his life as a ransom, to sacrifice his life that we might have forgiveness of sin. And so he knew that that atoning sacrifice, his death on the cross, his resurrection from the grave, that was his mission. And for him to stay here would mean he could not accomplish that mission. So he said, I'm going to complete my mission, and it's good for you because the Holy Spirit is going to come and he's going to help you. They could not imagine life without Jesus, but Jesus knows they're better off with the helper, with the spirit of truth to guide them forever. Jesus said, I'm with you for a little while. He will remain forever. So it is the Holy Spirit that is going to stay and is going to walk with them. Acts chapter 2, you know, you know the story probably that Jesus died. He appears to people often. He says, look, wait in Jerusalem until you receive the Holy Spirit. And in Acts chapter 2, it says the Holy Spirit was poured out upon all of these people and they spoke in tongues and they looked like they were drunk and people didn't really understand what was going on. But what they did understand was that from all the different regions around the area, they, they, the people that spoke different languages heard these disciples speaking about Jesus in their own language. That's what tongues mean. Tongues means language. Your mother tongue, your, your, your initial language. And they, they heard the, the message of the gospel, and, um, and, and they thought this is weird. They're, these people are like drunk. They've had too much to drink. And Peter stands up, and he quotes an Old Testament prophet named Joel. And he says, this is not drunk, because it's too early for that. I've never really been around people who get drunk a lot, but sometimes I think, I don't think they worry about the hour. But anyway, but Peter says, it's too early for this. You know, it's not, it's not wine that's making them like this. This is what the prophet Joel spoke of when he said, I will pour out my spirit on all flesh. Now, the reason it's so great for us that Jesus goes away and the Holy Spirit comes is because when Jesus is here, it's great for the 12 disciples. It's great for the people that are around that area. What about all the other people that aren't there? How are they hearing from God? Jesus says, you know what, when I go away, you'll do even greater things. How can that be? He did kind of like some great things, you know, raise the dead. <laughs> and... Um, the reality of it is, is that the greatness comes from the Spirit of God residing in us forever and being everywhere on all flesh. And so that's what the Holy Spirit is doing. The Holy Spirit is the one who will convince the world of sin, righteousness, and judgment. If you go to do those things in your own strength, you will fail. Before I became a Christian, I knew of a family member who liked to convict people of their sin. 
Have you ever met people like that? You are doing this, and you're going to hell. Well, you know what? They might be right. It could be truth. But it doesn't hit me real well if it's from them and their spirit. And usually when people say stuff like that, too often, they don't say it with the right spirit. You know, there's a saying, we can disagree without being disagreeable. There are people who say things, and you know it's true, but they say it in such a way that you want to argue with them. Anyway, I had that person in my life, and they were convicting me of my sin. And guess what? Didn't work. Didn't work. All I knew was, I don't like them, and I don't like what they're saying. So I don't need them, and I don't need their message. But one day, I've testified about this. One day, I went into work, and a man came in, and the spirit of truth convicted me. And I don't remember the words that man had to say. I, I really don't. But I'm sure he said something similar to what that other person said. You're lost, you are without God, and you need God in your life. But when the spirit of truth convicts you of sin, that makes all the difference in the world. And that's why we need the Holy Spirit speaking through us. So that it's not our own convicting voice, our own condemning voice. It is the voice of the Holy Spirit speaking truth to them. The Holy Spirit is the one to do that. Well, Jesus goes on to this last time he's talking about the Holy Spirit in John chapter 16 on this evening when four times he mentions this. And in John chapter 16 and verse 12, he says, I have much to say to you more than you can now bear. I got to be honest with you. This is sort of the way I've been feeling the last couple of weeks. God, there's a lot here. I mean, there are volumes of books written on the Holy Spirit. And it's a big theological discourse. And there's just tons to say about, God, I got three weeks and I'm leaving. And the Lord sort of reminded me, you know, I kind of felt that way too. I'm going away and I got a lot to say and I don't think I can give it all to you tonight. So guess what? I'm not going to give you everything tonight. I'm going to give you someone who can give you what you need when you need it. Isn't that good? And that's the Holy Spirit. And so he says, I have much to say to you, more than you can now bear. But when he, the spirit of truth, comes, he will guide you into all the truth. He will not speak on his own. He will speak only what he hears, and he will tell you what is yet to come. He will glorify me because it is from me that he will receive what he will make known to you. All that belongs to the Father is mine. That is why I said the Spirit will receive from me what he will make known to you. What Jesus is saying here is, you don't need to know all of the answers. You need to know the one who has all the answers. Amen? That's what Paula has said many times about her experience of grief when her husband died. Most of you know our story. Paula's husband died. My wife died. Woohoo, let's get married. No, it's longer than that. But anyway, when Paula's husband died, 
um, and, 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 you know, had this tumor and brain tumor and died, it didn't make sense to her. Look, God, we're, we're, we're giving our life to you. We're selling all we have. We're going to go to Panama and share Jesus with people. And, and, and Jim gets a brain tumor and dies? Can you make sense of that? And um, the answer to that is no. <laughs> you can't make sense of that. So what you have to do is you have to know the one who understands it. And if I never understand these things, I know the one who does. And that's faith. And I trust him. Look, church, I serve a God that I don't entirely understand. Does that bother you? I mean, if you think I know everything and I got this all figured out and all of it makes sense to me, wow, um, you're easy to fool. <laughs> because that's not me. But God is the one who knows all of the answers, and so we turn to him. This sermon will end, but the Holy Spirit will remain to teach you and to guide you. Jesus said, I don't speak on my own initiative, but I tell you what the Father tells me. Jesus said that often. Look, I'm not telling you my own words, my own thoughts. I'm giving you what the Father has given me to give to you. And now Jesus said, it's going to work the same way with the Holy Spirit. That is why I said the Spirit will receive from me what he will make known to you. So the Holy Spirit is giving you what Jesus wants you to have. That's what he's doing. Well, I've asked my wife to cue me when it's ready. Five more minutes, she said. Do you believe that? Okay. Uh, oh, she didn't laugh. You must believe that. Okay. Well, uh, I'm not saying we're done in five minutes. I'm just saying I got, anyway. So we've talked about these four different times that, that Jesus is telling his disciples about this relationship. And, and that's why I started talking about God's presence in the Old Testament is because he is the same God. Now, in this time, he has chosen to make himself known to us in this way, but it is the same God. The presence of God makes the difference in our life. So how do I, how do I understand and how do I know that presence? That's the question. And, that's, and, and, I, and, and I got five minutes to tell you how to do that. That's why I'm glad that it's the Holy Spirit that's going to take over after I leave, because you're not getting it in five minutes, all right? But this is kind of, in a nutshell, what I think you need to do. Number one, you need to understand, and I have said this so often, I'm sorry for repeating myself, but I'll say it again. The Holy Spirit is the living God. And he has all the attributes of a person, just like the Father and the Son. And he has given you, he has created you in his image, and he has given you those attributes. And so you can know, you can hear, you can feel, you can think. And that's how the Holy Spirit is going to engage you. He is a person. He is God. He is the living God. And you know him like you know any 
other person. Well, how is that? Well, I build a relationship with them. I get to know them. I learn their background. What have you met someone? What, what was that guy's name that's going to be here next week? Wow, so you, you didn't get it either. Okay, well, anyway, there's a guy coming next week, and he's got a name. <laughs> and he, he's got this kind of cool ministry, I think, and that is he's telling you how to get your first 1,000 customers. I'm not sure, but I, 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 I suspect there's, anyway, you, you'll understand it if you come, and, and you, I wish I'd be, if I were here next week, I would definitely be in the meeting. And I know you, you say that, yeah, that's what you say because you're up there representing the church. No, it's true. I believe in business's mission. I believe in reaching out in multiple ways. That's what I think he's talking about. But anyway, point is this. Uh, if, if I knew him, but I, I didn't understand, as I have demonstrated, I don't really understand what he's doing. But if I were really interested in it, and I heard that he wrote a book, and the book would answer all the questions about who he is and what he's doing, how I can benefit from it, I would read that book. If I really wanted to know what he's talking about, and I thought, hey, I got to understand this, I would read that book that told me all about him and what he's doing and how to interact with him, right? Well, where am I going with this? You want to know the Holy Spirit? He's got a book. <laughs> I don't know about a movie, but he's got a book. And the book is the Bible. And you will learn all about him as you read his word. The best way to know the Holy Spirit is to know the word that he inspired. Pouring out your heart to God in prayer is the way you can talk to God. But renewing your mind by reading his word is the most basic way you can allow God to talk to you. Pouring out your heart, we talk about this all the time, these basic disciplines of being a Christian. Pray, read your Bible, give, go to church, you know, all these things. Pouring out your heart to God, that's prayer. And that's the way you talk to God. But God wants to talk to you. And he can do it other ways, but his primary way of talking to you is in his word. He has written that for you. And he wants you to hear that and to know him. That comes from a book called The God I Never Knew. There was a preacher who preached a lot and did a lot of great things, but he really never understood the Holy Spirit's role in his life. And so he wrote a book. Robert Morris is his name, The God I Never Knew. You can read that book if you want. So you, you, you know the Holy Spirit by relationship, by developing this relationship with him, because as I've said, he is alive. Look, this is the difference between our God this is the difference between Yahweh, Jehovah God. This is the difference between Jesus, Emmanuel, the God with us. That's what Emmanuel means. This is the difference between God and every other so-called being that purports themselves to be God in this world. And that is our God lives. There you go. Got one amen. All right. <laughs> but it's true. Our God lives, and that makes the difference. He is the living God, and we get to know him because we know him through his word, and we also know him through his voice. 
All right. I know I'm way over the five minutes already, but I'm just going to I'm going to go fast here because the Holy Spirit's going to give it to you. Uh, we, we, we know him because we know his voice. Yeah. You, you know what this thing is called? Caller ID. Caller ID. I looked this up. Do you know when caller ID was invented? Caller ID is when you when you when you when you look at your cell phone and you see who's calling. And then you make a decision. Do I want to talk to them or not? There was a day a long time ago when we didn't have that decision. You know, there was this thing on the table. It was called a phone. It didn't go with you everywhere. And it rang. And when it rang, it was saying, hey, I want to talk to you. And we could say to the phone, well, who are you? But we didn't have caller ID. We didn't have cell phones. And so if you wanted to know who was calling, you had to pick that phone up and say, well, in America, we say, hello. And the person on the other end was supposed to identify themselves. Hi, this is David. But sometimes they didn't do that. They just started talking and you didn't know who they were. Well, look. It happens that my first wife, before she died, my first wife's name was Paula, same as Paula's name. Anyway, so when Paula called me when I was, you know, we were just dating and getting to know each other, it didn't take very long before when I picked up the phone and she said, hi, David. She didn't have to say her name. I knew who she was. I knew her voice because I had gotten to know her. And then it made me excited when I heard that voice. So anyway, caller ID was invented in the late 1980s. So if you're under 40, you have no clue what life is like without caller ID. But anyway, and the Holy Spirit speaks to us and we know his voice. Jesus said in John chapter 10, my sheep hear my voice and I know them and they follow me. It's not hard. We get to know Jesus. We get to know the Holy Spirit and we recognize his voice and we follow him. And the Holy Spirit doesn't just speak to really important people. The Holy Spirit doesn't speak to super spiritual people. The Holy Spirit doesn't just speak to people who get paid to be ministry, you know, like the pastor and the muse, whatever. The Holy Spirit speaks to all of you. He wants you to know his voice, get to know with him. And the Holy Spirit speaks to our spirit, and our spirit speaks to our mind. And as you get to know him, you will recognize the thoughts he's putting in your mind. Does that make sense to you? The Holy Spirit can speak audibly. I know that and I believe that. I have never heard it. But I know he can but most of the time, the Holy Spirit, the Spirit speaks to your spirit. He speaks to your spirit. And guess what? Your spirit speaks to your mind. And you hear these words or these thoughts. And the more we get to know him and the more we speak with him, the more we know the difference between my own thoughts in my head and the spirit speaking to me. And again, I'm not saying it's for super spiritual people. I'm saying this is how God wants you to hear him. He wants to speak to your spirit, and your spirit will speak to your mind. The last thing I'm saying about 
understanding the Holy Spirit's presence is nothing, 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 nothing substitutes for time in God's presence. There is no shortcut to this relationship. When I wanted to get to know Paula, I spent time with her. And the more I spent time with her, the more I liked what I was experiencing. I wanted to spend more time. Getting in God's presence, dwelling there, living there, and listening there is the way to practice hearing God's voice. When God wanted to speak to Moses, he said, come up on the mountain, Moses. And for 40 days, Moses was there getting the word, writing it all down in God's presence. When Jesus was getting ready to began his public ministry, he went out into the wilderness and he spent, what, 40 days in the presence of God, hearing from and listening to God. The number 40, there's not some super spiritual thing about numbers in the Bible, but when you see something like that, you should realize it's sort of a hyperlink back to, oh, hey, Jesus, 40 days. Where else do I know 40? Well, Moses was with God 40 days. And you see, it's that time in God's presence that is the significant part of that connection in that story. Constant exposure to scripture through daily reading of his word is how you get to know the Holy Spirit. Memorizing and meditating on scripture is how you get to know him as well. And when you read, it helps if you understand what you're reading. And one of the things you can do that is just a little bit of study. There is a website called BibleProject.com. Anybody ever been to that website? Man, if there was one website I could recommend to you, it'd be that one. Uh, it is a project where they have decided I'm going to uh, describe to you the background and the storyline of this book of the Bible. And if, if you, it's about five to, six, to eight minutes for each one. If you will look at that storyline and that, and that plot, as they tell it to you before you read that book, it will mean a lot more to you. And there are a lot of other places you can go, but I'm just saying, you know, get to know that book and what it's saying. And when you have filled your mind with scripture, you will be amazed at how often God brings that word to your heart in the right moment. When you have filled your heart and your mind with scripture, and you have been spending time listening to the voice of the Holy Spirit, it is no coincidence that he reminds you, because remember last week we said he will not just tell you all things, he'll remind you of things. All the old people here said, wow, amen. <laughs> uh, that's me, I'm old, and I forget things, and it's good to be reminded. But I'm just saying, when you fill your mind with God's word and with spending time with him, you will recognize his voice, and he will say, hey, David, here's a word for the moment, and that word becomes a word in due season. Well, sometimes we try to do the work of the Holy Spirit. I advise you not doing that. It's too hard. It doesn't work. But if you will fellowship with and cooperate with the empowering presence of the Holy Spirit in your life, it will make a difference. Amen? You always have hope when these guys come up here. It's kind of a, kind of a signal that Maybe he's about done. Anyway, uh, so I, I'm, I'm, I'm a visitor here. And so, you know, 
I don't know what your customs are and so on, but uh, I think this morning I'm going to ask you to stand with me. And um, Paula leaned over to me and said, I have a word for you. And I thought, she says that a lot, you know. I want you to do this. You know, no, I'm just teasing her. She didn't say it that often, but she said she felt like God had a word for her, and that word was, do what the Holy Spirit tells you to do. So this is what I believe the Holy Spirit is saying through me to you. What I wanted to do was I wanted you to, I was going to call you up here, and we could just pray that you would have this dynamic experience of being filled with the Holy Spirit, and it would just be a powerful thing like on the day of the book of Acts, and we could do that. But that's not what I'm feeling God's saying to me. And like I said, I've tried to do ministry. I've tried to do the work of God in my own mind and strength. It doesn't work out. Never works out. So I'm trying to just follow what the Holy Spirit said. And so the Holy Spirit, after she said that to me, said this to me from the book of Acts, chapter 1. In my former book, Theophilus, I wrote about all that Jesus began to do and teach until the day he was taken up to heaven. After giving instructions through the Holy Spirit to the apostles, that's what we've been talking about, those instructions he was giving the apostles through the Holy Spirit. Verse 3, And after his suffering, he presented himself to them and gave many convincing proofs that he was alive. And he appeared to them over a period of 40 days. There's that 40 again. He appeared to them over a period of 40 days and spoke about the kingdom of God. And on one occasion, while he was eating with them, he gave them this command. Do not leave Jerusalem, but wait for the gift my father promised, which you have heard me speak about. For John baptized with water, but in a few days, you will be baptized with the Holy Spirit. Remember, I said the number isn't significant, but it's what they did in that time that was significant. And Jesus appeared and was with them for 40 days. And his message to them was, don't go out and start doing stuff until you have been given the Holy Spirit. Now listen, that has happened in this world. But I'm sensing that God is saying this to me to say to you. And that's, that's all I can do. And if I'm wrong, I'm sorry. But I believe the Holy Spirit is saying this. If you could take anything away from these last three weeks, it would be that your friend, the Holy Spirit, wants to know you more. And he wants to spend time with you. And if you've been spending 10 minutes with him, make it 20. If you've been reading a book, a chapter of the Bible a day, make it a book. Somehow, if this is important to you, you've got to spend more presence with God and hear his voice. And I believe that's what he's saying to you. Hear my voice. Spend time with me. Fellowship with me. Read my word. And listen to what I'm saying to you. And I'm, I'm guaranteeing you this. If you do that, this church and this community will experience an explosive presence of God's power that will change lives all around this community. If you don't do that, you're going to keep having church. There's nothing wrong with church. Hey, we come, we sing, we feel good, we go home. 
There's just a lot of people out there that need more than one. And Jesus said, when you get the Holy Spirit, you will be my I think that's what God's wanting from you. He wants you to fellowship with him and spend time with him. And he will empower you with his presence. And he will convict or convince the world as you go out and say those words. But you need to go with the empowering presence of the Holy Spirit. So I am saying to you, spend time with him. Spend lots of time with him. And learn to hear his voice and read his word. And the power of the living God will fill your life and change your walk with him. Let me pray for you this morning. Holy Spirit, thank you that you are obedient. And you came as the Father sent you, as Jesus sent you. And you speak to us, and you are faithful and true and just, and you speak to us in every way. Holy Spirit, thank you that you are the Spirit of truth, and you will not leave us. I pray, God, that as every person in this room is, is moved in their heart to spend time with you and know you and, and fellowship with you, I pray that you would change their life. Not just for their good, but for the good of the people that need to know you, that need to be convinced of who you are. God, put it in the heart of every person here. From this day forward, they're going to fellowship you with you like they never have before. And I pray that as that happens, their life would be changed and the lives of people around them would be changed because the Holy Spirit is working through them. Father, bless them, guide them, anoint them. I pray in Jesus' name. Amen.